Hey, welcome to the Pretty Pixels podcast. I am one of your hosts, Joey Crunwell, here today with... Tab, your second most bestest host, but also infrequent flyer on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, welcome back. You, I mean, it's only been two weeks. Like You, you, you are able to do every other week, which is good. It's, it's, it's you know... Um, when everything started getting so busy for you, I was a little worried. I was like, oh, no, like, what if we don't see Tab for like three months? But we see you regularly, so. Three months? Th- I, at that point, I would just abandon it and well, die I mean, of embarrassment. You were moving across country, <laughs> getting a new job, getting well, a house. Like, there was a lot going on, you know? That's true. That's true. But I'm here now. You are here now, and we're glad to have you. So how has it been? How, what have you been up to? Work? Ugh. I've been, yeah, lots of work. Um As we're getting closer to like the Thanksgiving break, I've been thinking more about like, oh, I'm going to have this brief window of time where I could do some stuff around the house if I wanted to. Um, So I've been making like a short list of things that we didn't really get to when we first moved in. Um, Not that I want my Thanksgiving break to be totally like madness, but um, sometimes I like being productive in other ways aside from like grading and class prepping and stuff like that. So I think having like a little project or two will be nice. Um, but yeah, I've just been busy with mostly grading papers and helping to guide students through research projects and playing games, which we'll talk more about later. For what about you? Sure. Yeah. A lot of grading. Like you said, I'm, I'm behind and I am normally, I feel like over the pandemic, I've been worse about getting grading back on time Mm -hmm. for a number of reasons. But yeah, I just I feel like I'm behind. I feel like I can never catch up. So uh, it's definitely that that part of the semester. Like, I feel like Thanksgiving in theory is great, but like. You don't. We don't really get to take it. You know what I mean? Unless you. It's not really a break. Exactly. Yeah. Which is. It's like you briefly hit pause, but you know it's all going to come playing back. Like. Yeah. I especially hate that. Like spring break is great because they give you a full week off, and it's mm-hmm. right in the middle of the semester. Thanksgiving break is at least at our school two and a half days, near mm-hmm. two weeks from the end of the semester. Like. It doesn't, like you said, it doesn't feel like a break. It feels like, oh, we got a couple days off, like, and especially as right. a teacher, we're grading and still working mm-hmm. and stuff, so, you know. And you still have to probably prep for the week after Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. so, like, your whole weekend isn't free unless you plan ahead, but, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, pretty pretty frustrating, but but like you said, playing playing a lot of games, I've been keeping that in my schedule, making sure I have time for that, so um, we do have some of that to talk about. Have you seen <laughs> the Uncharted trailer? Yes. What did you think? I was surprised. So we already kind of talked about this briefly, but I was like, oh, shit, like they actually they made it. There's footage like this thing has been filmed. (laughs) Um, I thought that the trailer looked pretty decent and I am hyped. I won't say that I'm like super hyped because I usually have a, a bit of hesitancy when it comes to video game movies, but I thought it actually looked pretty cool. Yeah, I was so shocked because I had a, a friend send me a message and they were like, hey, did you see the Uncharted trailer? And at first I was like, is it real or is it a fake trailer? And so I went and looked it up and I'm and it said that it was uploaded two weeks ago. And I was like, I totally what? missed it. So did I. I didn't see anyone on Twitter talking about it. I didn't I haven't heard anyone talking about it. And it's it has like four point seven million views. So it's not like people aren't seeing it and pro- probably right. talking about it. But 
I follow a lot of games industry people on Twitter, and I didn't see a single person. I haven't heard anyone on any podcast talking about it, so mm-hmm. I am so shocked. And it's and it's not it's not some like low budget movie. It has big stars in it, so it's not like people are just right. oh, it's not on my radar because it's not you know doesn't seem to be taking you know Hollywood doesn't seem to be taking it seriously. They do. Um, and so I'm just, I was so shocked that two weeks went by and I hadn't, but like you said, I was so shocked too, that it exists because for so long we keep <laughs> hearing, oh, it might be canceled. It might, they might not shoot it. And then at some point I remember Tom Holland being like, no guys, yeah, we're definitely working on it, but I didn't know what that meant. And now it's, it's seemingly apparently by the trailer pretty close to done. I mean, it's yeah. coming out in uh, February, it's February 18th is the release date. Uh, exclusively in movie theaters, they said in the trailer. Yeah. Which I thought was interesting. They're really trying to get back to moving yeah. away from streaming which releases. I understand they want people like in the seats, but I still don't know like how comfortable I am. I was actually having a conversation with a colleague earlier about like restaurants and how I'm so used to like just eating at home or like maybe, you know, getting takeout and the idea of like going and sitting in a restaurant has kind of lost its appeal a little bit. And mm. I'm just like, eh, I could, I could give or take, you know? Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. And maybe it's in part because we don't have like a super nice theater close by. I'm just not eager to kind of go out, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's a big thing too. Is like I our local there are two local theaters. One of them is very small. It's that like sticky floor, super old, like no stadium <laughs> style seating. Yeah, if, if that's what you want to call it. Um, and then we have like a, 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 a an AMC theater with like the nice seats that recline and stuff. And that one's nice, but um, like you said, I don't know. I'm not. I, I would not go to a packed movie theater right now. Still. I would go yeah. if I could guarantee that it was going to be like 20 to 30% capacity. Um, mm-hmm. But you're like spaced out and right. But like, I, I don't even, even before the pandemic, I didn't like going to movies that were packed. Cause I'm, I'm one of those people. I don't, I, I want to watch the movie. I don't want to hear people talking and checking their cell phone and everything yeah. else. So I have a lot of pet peeves when it comes to the theater. And to add on top of that, the fact that I don't know how many of these, I'm just say idiots <laughs> haven't been taking the pandemic seriously and might have COVID. You know what I mean? I just don't want to mm-hmm. add that to my, my list yeah. of annoyances. So I don't think I'll see it in theaters, but I am curious. Like you said, I think it looks pretty decent. I don't know if I buy Mark Wahlberg as Sully. That didn't land for me, but yeah, but I do really like um, Tom Holland. So yeah, I hope it's good. It would be nice to have another at least decent or good uh, video game movie to add to the list. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of movies or movies, video games set in tropical settings, Far Cry 6 has some DLC coming next week. Yeah. The Voss um, DLC comes yes. uh, November 16th. Mm-hmm. And you bought Very the season pass, about right? about that. Yes, I have yeah. the season pass. Um, so I'll definitely be checking out probably all of the DLC, but especially this one because... Obviously, Voss is the villain from Far Cry 3, which is my favorite Far Cry. I feel like he was one of the most like well-developed and 
interesting villains in the franchise. So I'm curious to see what they do with this. Um, I also think it's it's very smart on their part to have the DLC launch um, with with the uh, what's it called Voss Insanity, mm-hmm. um, just because of how popular that character is. And I know there were a lot of people in the community that were like, "Oh, is he gonna be in Far Cry Six? And there was a nod to that, of course, um, but no like direct uh, appearance. So I don't know. I'm, it's it's kind of exciting. Yeah, Polygon wrote an article. Uh, they say um, Voss Insanity puts Michael Mando back in the role of Voss Montenegro. Who's Michael Mando? I haven't played Far Cry Three. Who's that? Is that the main character? Um, I have no idea. That's that sounded weird. No, to me. um, that's who like plays. Oh, the voice actor uh, Voss. Yeah, gotcha. yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. that's the voice actor. Gotcha. I don't okay. know if he's done any other video games. Mm-hmm. I'd have to look into that. Um, well, it says it puts him back in the role of Voss uh, Montenegro, the pirate leader and enemy number one of 2012's Far Cry Three. Voss Insanity mm-hmm. will be a brand new experience inspired by the roguelite genre. I'm curious about what that means. Yeah. And it and that article went on to say something about like you start with just a pistol, right? Yeah, you start with a pistol and must find new weapons and power-ups to survive the journey deeper into Voss's twisted mind. Well, huh. and I also wonder like what is that going to look like? Because Far Cry, some of the games are known for having the sort of like dream drug-like sequences. Um, so I wonder how much that might play into whatever this roguelite experience will be. It's interesting to me not to come back to like the academic world, but in terms of like narrative and lore, um, video games are more than more than most other genres, if not all other genres have this like, like something like this. This is DLC for a completely different game, mm-hmm. but it is adding and contributing to the, the backstory and the lore of a character from three games ago. So if you're writing right. about like the character of Voss, do you consider this or do you, is this just an extra thing? Are they going to, are they going to take the care with it that they did in Far Cry 3? You know what I mean? Like, it's just a weird, mm-hmm. in terms of like video game studies, I think it's interesting. But it, and that, that's kind of getting into paratexts, right? Like mm-hmm. things that are adjacent to, um, but you're right. And I think, uh, well, I don't know. Do you think we'll see more experiences like that where with DLC or just additional content, um, it's able to nod back at things that fans really liked? And then does that change how we view the character in like the original text? Like, I don't know. Well, it, so you, you asked if, if I think we'll see more of that. The whole metaverse thing is becoming a thing, right? Like. Yeah. Because of not just like Smash Brothers and Fortnite, a lot of other games are not just trying to exp- to create a metaverse or to contribute mm-hmm. their characters to a metaverse, but create their own sort of internal metaverses or universes, I guess, and right. tap into things that they're not willing to invest a whole lot of money in. And that's just my speculation that like yeah. when, a, when fans are like, we want more of this, the company is not willing to make a new game for that because that that loud group of people who are saying they want more is pretty small. So mm-hmm. financially, it's not economically smart, right? Like you're not going to, okay, well, we'll make a new Earthbound game, right? Because there's a small group of people that are really fervent and loud about wanting a new Earthbound game. Like me, I'm one of them. Um, but we know that <laughs> no. putting all that money <laughs> into that would not 
be a financially smart move? Probably not. It would be a risk, right? But Well, I imagine in some instances, though, it then reintroduces or it introduces newer fans to the thing, which may draw attention back to the original text, the older game or whatnot. You would hope, but, yeah. Right. Like there's a risk in that. Yeah. So I think the idea of a universe or a metaverse um, allows you to cater to those fans mm-hmm. in a safe way because you create this shared space like you know the Assassin's Creed. What is this? Assassin's Creed Infinity or something? Oh, yeah. That they're working on. I almost we talked about that. We wonder if that's going to be that. Like, are they going to create some central hub that players can go in and out of and experience different games from previous mm-hmm. entries? So people keep calling for black flag Two. well guess what there will be a black flag experience in this shared universe so i sort of wonder if we are going to see more of this in the sense that instead of giving us far cry 3.2 or you know 3.2 or whatever you're going to give us little tastes and keep revisiting the past in these like new because that that's what it is it's like instead of creating a new engine to then remake far cry 3 you already have this new engine for Far Cry 6 and you'll use that to dip mm-hmm. into some, you know, previous nostalgia and previous IP stuff. So, yeah. yeah. And I mean, I have to admit that is exciting and appealing. Um, that doesn't keep me from wanting like more. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, so we'll so. Take note, companies. We're still going to bother the shit out of you for <laughs> all the stuff that we want that you won't give us. Um, yes. Would you want a Far Cry 3 sequel? Like a direct sequel? Or would you want Far Cry 7? A whole new everything. Hmm. Well, I, I'm struggling with like what would a sequel look like? Maybe like or a prequel maybe a prequel i think would make more sense i would buy the shit out of that so yeah Hmm, interesting well we are going to have at some point a far cry retrospective so maybe we can talk a little bit more i'm hoping depending on when we do it maybe if i have time i can play far cry three because you've recommended it paul's recommended it so maybe i can i'll have more to talk about since i've only played four five and six so um only played i've only played three of these massive games (laughs) (laughs) which yeah they were is three massive or not as massive relatively speaking okay yeah gotcha um also valve uh delayed the steam deck by two months to february 2022 not super Mm -hmm. surprising they didn't there was no release date to begin with it was just a release window um, right. But they they said they hoped to have it in gamers' hands by December. Um, and, of course, chip shortage. I feel like it's kind of a joke at this point to be like, yeah. uh, the chip shortage. But literally, the yeah. chip shortage. Like That's that's the case here. So, But you, you pre-ordered yeah. one, right? So how, how do you feel about this? I feel totally fine because they haven't taken my money yet. And this gives me more time to, like, set that aside. <laughs> Um, and also I'm, I don't know, I'm not in any rush. I'm excited as I talked about before when we, when it was first announced, um, I'm excited to see what it's capable of and what the experience of actually using it will be like, but I'm totally fine with waiting and I'm not like upset by it at all. So, yeah. I was thinking again though about like a killer app because a lot of hardware when it releases there's some game or killer app quote unquote that will sell the system or help sell the system and like Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I don't. The Steam Deck doesn't have it. Right? They, they don't have anything they're launching alongside it, right? So isn't it more not just that I like, know of? So that must be nice. So it's not like, oh no, I have to wait two extra months to play. Right. It's like, oh, I have to wait two months yeah. for the convenience of playing my existing library on the go. Exactly. Yeah. Um. um well, and as we were kind of talking about before the show, I, in part, I like having this like collection of console things yeah um so yeah i'd I'd rather um i mean it's something that i want to get i want to experience maybe it'll be something that i don't use as much as i think i might <laughs> but that's okay yeah it's, again it's a really impressive seemingly very powerful handheld device like i just think it's cool that it exists um and i hope they do more with it in the future make it smaller and more powerful yeah. you know Mm-hmm. Um, this week two no 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 wait sorry last week Jurassic World Evolution two launched um haven't had the chance to play it yet but I am excited mm-hmm. about it but today November eleventh so I don't know if the podcast will go up today or not Let's see how fast I can edit it but the GTA trilogy definitive edition releases today and I oh, got it does? yeah yep shit Ron said he's gonna get it so he'll probably have thoughts on next week's podcast but. Uh, or next week's episode. I always say that. I always say a podcast when I mean episode. Um, we have a new podcast, a whole new podcast next week called Ron's Thoughts. Ron's on... Podcast. <laughs> the Ron Cast. There we go. That works. Um, but I bring it up not only because, again, it's a huge release, but I was so weirdly struck by, I got an email from Nintendo saying, play Grand Theft Auto Trilogy, the definitive edition today on your Nintendo Switch. And I'm like, uh... I don't know why when I saw it I was like what and it was just we and I was like it's because there's never been like one of the 3D Grand Theft Auto games on a Nintendo system I don't think I'm pretty oh, sure it didn't come wow. to the Wii U it didn't come to the Wii not on the it wasn't on the GameCube so I think this is the first time these games are on a Nintendo console and that shit yeah I was like and, was, and then Nintendo sent it too it wasn't like Rockstar right. being like, play it on your Nintendo was like, come play these games. And like, again, <laughs> ask me that 10 years ago or 15 years ago if I would have thought this would have been possible. And I would have right. been like, nope. But so. that's kind of awesome. It is. Yeah, definitely. The Switch is massive. Because it, it's like, it's more opportunities for gamers regardless of your system. And mm-hmm. I, I'm all for that. And I love that, like I was listening to the MinMax podcast and they were talking about some of, a couple of the panelists were saying they're going to get it on pc because it feels like a pc type game and then a couple of them were like no we're playing it on switch because like we want to have it on the go and i'm so happy that that kind of charm of the switch of playing things on the go in bed or whatever hasn't faded for a lot of people early on people were like oh it's so cute the idea of like playing while i'm in bed and i was like man i hope that doesn't get old for people and they're like no i'm going back to no people legitimately want to play all kinds of games, including Grand Theft Auto, which is not a game I think of playing in handheld mode, you know, laying in but bed. That's, that's primarily how I use the Switch. Wow. When I just want to, like, kick back, relax, handheld mode, probably, like, 80% of the time. Interesting. Dang. I and that's also why I think I'm so excited about the the Steam Deck. Yeah. And see, so. and that's, yeah, and I think that's that makes perfect sense because I'm, the opposite like i play my my switch docked almost all the time i did i do like having the option you know i have played it in bed i have played it 
pardon me, the bathtub is really where I'm like, yeah, I can bring video games to the bathtub. Amazing. Um, I wonder how many people have dropped their switch in the bathtub. <laughs> well, I it was funny. We have a we have a colleague named uh, Natalie, and she at one point I said something like, "Oh, I was playing in the bathtub," and she was like, "Aren't you aren't you aren't you nervous? Why aren't you scared doing that?" And I I thought she meant like because I like electrocute myself. I was like, "What? <laughs> like why would I be scared?" And she was just talking about dropping it and like ruining it. And I'm uh, like, "Yeah, I can see that, but I have like a death grip on that thing. Like I am not." <laughs> I'm not dry. And if I do drop it, my, the water, I, unfortunately, I, I protrude above the water. So it would just fall on my my wet abdomen. <laughs> and I just oh have God. to. <laughs> you knew I'd find a way to work uh, my wet abdomen in there somewhere. TMI. <laughs> As I always um, do. The, <laughs> Nintendo should come out with a waterproof version. <laughs> or you like know, a kid proof version. Yeah. With Come Splatoon out with like 3. the nice GameCube colors, yeah. Yeah, I think that would work. <laughs> um, what have you been playing lately? Oh, we dipping right into that. I mean, you still want to you want to keep talking about Grand Theft Auto? No, no. I I I thought maybe there was another news item. What's your favorite um, Grand Theft Auto game? The only one that I've played. <laughs> You've only played five. Yeah, I've only played five. I've oh, seen let's shit. plays of three and four. I think. Um, but yeah, that's the only one I played, but keep in mind, again, I came late to the video game party and especially with console gaming, I was so pumped. So, so, um, Grand Theft Auto V was the first game that I got for my brand new PS3 and I played the heck out of that. I loved it. Say, I'm sorry. Can you say that again? Say that sentence again. What was the what? What? Grand Theft Auto V was the first game that you bought for your brand new PS3. And they're coming out with a new Grand Theft Auto V. Oh. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What? <laughs> it's moments like that where it's like I have to hear someone say it out loud to realize <laughs> how long Grand Theft Auto V has been out. Like, True. Man. True. I mean, I bought the PS3 late in its cycle yeah. or it... What what do you is that how you refer to it? That's life. Yeah, life cycle. Whatever. Yeah, in its cycle. Um, that is true. It's almost it's not quite Bethesda level with like Skyrim, right? But it's 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 getting old. Yeah, I mean, I think if Skyrim had a comparable online game that has maintained its popularity like Grand Theft Auto, probably mm-hmm. we'd probably see fewer additions. But but yeah, they like that. That's another one. Are you getting that one? The new the new Skyrim. I think it just came out, didn't it? Or is it coming out? The new Skyrim. What there's do you a, mean? What do you? There's a new Skyrim, a new a new edition of Skyrim. It's like the tenth anniversary. Oh my. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. And there's new quests and stuff like that. And it's like, I probably will not. I think at this point <laughs> I have bought it like three times. That's probably good. Um, are you gonna get it? No, no. I <laughs> I liked Skyrim a lot, but I I don't think I have the same love for it that a lot of people do. Um, you know. I, okay, we all know that I love Oblivion, right? But if I look at Elder Scrolls overall, I don't know if I love it as much as the Fallout franchise, but maybe I'm just saying that today because I sat down and I looked outside at how moody it was and I thought of Fallout 4. And I was like, that was such a fun experience 
playing through that. And like you and I were playing it at the same time. And I don't know why, but I associate it with like moody weather. (laughs) I mean, the atmosphere and the tone is so grim and, you know, perfectly post-apocalyptic. So yeah, I, I, I don't blame you. I, I think I agree. I like Fallout more. And I think for me, it's just more like I feel, I just like the story more. I think it makes me feel more like I could be in that world and I can sort mm-hmm. of um, imagine myself in that character. In Skyrim, yeah. I don't, or the Elder Scrolls games, I don't really get that. I Again, I really like the Elder Scrolls games. Sky, Skyrim was amazing. Yeah. Um, but they're the kind of game where like I love playing it. I get obsessed. I want to play it all the time. I do all the side missions and then I'm happy to walk away from it. I'm like done with it. You know what I mean? Not not mm-hmm. happy to walk away. That sounds bad. But like I'm satisfied. I walk away and I'm You're like, content. that was a good game. Yeah. But there yeah. are people that go back to it. And like Amy, our friend Amy, has played Skyrim mm-hmm. multiple times, I think. Um, and I, I probably wouldn't even do that for Fallout. But I think I would be more likely to do that with Fallout. Um, I would like to replay Fallout 4 at some point. I don't know when that will happen but i feel more more inclined to do that than replay skyrim um but yeah i don't know i i i do enjoy bethesda games and i'm excited to see what the future holds for them um but yeah they're, they're good games to like really throw yourself into and just i don't know like i i don't want to use the word obsessed because i don't know Sometimes that's that's thrown around with like gamers are addicted and da 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 da. But yeah. like I get so into the world and I want to invest so much time into it. And those games are perfect for that because they're so big and just expansive. And there's all these like I like I love side content, so they're they're just perfect for that. And I agree with you. Like I walk away feeling very content. Um, but I also think sometimes with these bigger games, it's almost harder to return to them because I know just how much there is. Well, do you think you'll you'll replay Fallout Four before Starfield comes out? Are we buying that it is actually coming out when hey, they? It has a date, <laughs> so of course it's going to come out exactly on that day. Right, right. Wink, wink. Bethesda. <laughs> um, pro- I probably won't play Fallout before then. Okay. Um, it, it was January, right? Of twenty twenty three, was it? Or no, November, November twenty twenty two. Yes? Question mark. I, th- I think it was November of next year. Yeah. Um, which yeah, again, like you said, I mean, I, I well, okay. Part of me wants to say like, yeah, right, no way. But the way they dropped Fallout Four, oh, hey, there's a new Fallout out in three months. Like maybe, right? Maybe it could happen. November eleventh of next year. Yeah. So, uh, literally a year from today. Wow. Shit, look at the timing. Okay, we have a way of like manifesting things yeah. on the show. So we're going to go confidently with say... November 11th, 2022. Okay, so okay, I want to l- do a little exercise here. Let's oh, let's no. time travel one year ahead. Oh, well, it wouldn't it wouldn't exactly work cuz okay, let's say one year ahead and we've played okay. 6 hours of the game cuz we we just got we got it at midnight and we just played it right away. Okay. What are your thoughts? How do you feel about this game? uh i'm loving it i um i feel like this is a game i'm going to live and breathe for a while uh but damn those ladders they just they can't nail it dude i know i was so surprised that there were clowns everywhere i just i was not expecting that based on the trailers i was shocked they should call it 
clown field, but uh, the graphics are beautiful and yes. the honks are plenty. You know, there's that. Um, I feel like they they haven't really nailed the facial animations. The the NPCs are still a little stiff, but I'll I'll give them a pass. You know, I can't. And believe, it's only six hours in. Yeah, I can't believe not a single bug. This is the most polished unbuggy game I've ever played. That's another thing. Okay, we didn't step into a time machine. You're in <laughs> fantasy land. <laughs> uh, um, okay, so now what have you what have you been playing? <laughs> <laughs> Um, so we're dipping right into our feature, right? Yeah. Our feature today is really just sort of chatting, talking about what we've been playing and just sort of talking about just, you know, just catching up and stuff. So a really laid back casual episode. Yeah. And we're, we're capable of traveling through time. So there might be more of that. Sure. Um, so the short response is I've been playing back for blood. Age of empires. Four, <laughs> and um, Forza, Forza Horizon Five, and so that that's just the the, the summary, right? Right. But one of the things, and this is why I wanted to talk a little bit more at length about um what we're playing this week, is because I feel like all of a sudden there's this like surplus of games in my life and I don't quite know like which direction to go because I, you know, I have lengthier days um, at work and even when I'm not at work, I might be grading or prepping or responding to students' emails and things like that. So there's a, there's a lot of work right now and that's just like the nature of where we're at in the semester. But when I have time, I have to decide now like, okay, I want to play a game which game do I choose? Because right. if we go back just a couple of weeks, I was into Far Cry 6, and that was like my go-to game. And on occasion, we'd be like, hey, you want to play Phasmo tonight? Um, but usually, I have like a game that I'm focused on. That's what I'm thinking about. That's where I want to put my time. And and if it's like that kind of period in my life, I might decide, hmm, do I want to play four hours of whatever or do i want to watch a movie tonight Mm -hmm. right but i'm much more into like the gaming mode right now and you know me like i'll go through periods where i'm like "Eh, i'm not really into games yeah you know and usually maybe that lasts for like a week or so but that happens to me every now and then right now it's the opposite i'm like really into games right now and i think that's great because it's not just something to do. It's nice stress relief. It's also social time. Like I've been playing back for blood with you and Paul and and Ron. Um, and so that's like really nice to get my mind off of work. Um, and it's a positive, right? Yeah. Uh, but I'm like, shit, what do I, what do I do? What do I play? Like, uh, I think it was this past weekend, Paul was like, do you want to play back for blood? And I was like, yes, but I want to play Forza first. So I'll, I'll see you in the afternoon. <laughs> um, so I'm feeling very torn because I also want to play Jurassic world evolution Two. That'd, that'd be a fourth game or five. If you count that we're probably not done with phasmo. Yeah. So I'm like all over the place right now. I, I, that's been something I've been interested in for a while is the idea. Cause I, I cannot, it's hard for me to juggle games. It's different when it's like play a little bit, a bit of black back for blood. Um, and then I have like my own game. Like if I'm playing a game that I'm like really into or like a narrative game, especially a narrative game, 
Yes. I can't not, I just can't juggle games. I can't put games aside. I, if I put a game aside for like two weeks and try to come back to it, I feel like I have to relearn the systems. I don't remember Mm -hmm. where I was at. I have to kind of resituate myself in terms of like the narrative and everything. And it feels, it just, then I don't really, I don't feel like playing, you know what I mean? Cause I'm like, oh man, I don't don't remember. Um, And so again, jumping between like Phasmo or Back for Blood um, or like on a weekly basis, we get together and we play like we were playing uh, back uh, Dead by Daylight. Now we're playing Mario Party Superstars. That stuff I can juggle all all over the place, especially because those games, Back for Blood is new, but it has a familiar system, familiar mechanic. It's Left for Dead, essentially. Um, Mario Party Superstars is a collection of old Mario Party games. Uh, and then Phasmophobia, we played a bunch. So it's like, the, it's very comfortable to dip in and out of those. But I'm playing Metroid Dread right now, and I'm deep into it. And Jurassic World Evolution 2 came out, which is probably one of my most anticipated games of the year. Mm-hmm. And I can't fucking play it. I can't. I know some people <laughs> would be like, just play it. You can come back to Metroid Dread. I can't fucking do it. It, it sounds like you can't either. Like, juggle games uh, like that. It, it's difficult to. What I will say is... For me, I've noticed a difference. So, like, if, okay, Back for Blood, Shooter, Social Time, right? Um, Phasmophobia, Spooky Time, Social Time. Forza, me chilling, driving, listening to the radio. Uh, Age of Empires, me, again, solo play bit of strategy that kind of thing they're they're offering like different experiences but also like control wise they're all different i don't think i could play like two shooters at the same time and there was a brief period where there was some crossover where i was still playing far cry 6 and we started playing back for blood and i would hop into back for blood and i'm like fuck how do i reload how do i jump oh i can't slide like that messes with my brain Both, I think, I think at least I know me and Paul were doing it. I don't remember if you were doing it, but we were also playing Far Cry Six, and we would start playing Back for Blood, and we would keep tagging random things because in yeah. <laughs> in Far Cry you hold, I think it's you hold L one to bring up the weapon wheel, and in right. Back for Blood you tap L one to tag things, um, or what is it called? There's a word that we use now um, to uh, ping things. Yeah, and so. <laughs> We started playing and I think we were playing with Paul for the first time and he just like pinged a table and I'm like, what? (laughs) And then he like pinged a wall and I was like, are you hitting L1 trying to bring up the weapon wheel? And he's like, I absolutely am. (laughs) Because yeah, especially when you're going from shooter to shooter, your brain is like, I, what do you want me to do, man? I'm a, I'm a brain. I'm going to have limits. You put a controller in my hand. It's the same experience, essentially. <laughs> yeah, it's like, all right, I'm getting this in the um, short-term memory. Let's go. And then you're like, now this different thing. And it's like, oh. Right, right. Now, if if I was playing a particularly narrative-heavy game at the moment, I probably wouldn't be juggling three games right now or four. Um, like, let's say, let's say we were in the midst of playing Fallout 4 right now. That would probably take up like most of my focus. Um, maybe I would do like the social stuff, but I don't think I would be playing like Forza and Age of Empires. Um, but those kinds of games are among my favorite, especially if it's like narrative open world RPG. I just let myself get totally like 
immersed in yeah. that experience. Whereas I don't typically have the same kind of feelings and commitment or drive or whatever when it comes to say like Age of Empires or Forza. Um or probably even if I started playing Jurassic World Evolution, I would enjoy it, but I wouldn't be like as I wouldn't be sunk into the game as much. Um so I think it totally depends on like what my main game is right now. And I I don't know if I have a main game right now because I feel like I'm shifting through all of them. Um maybe more so uh Back for Blood, just because we've been playing it a lot, but yeah. So I'm I'm having difficulty knowing where to invest my time, and like, there there's not really a right answer here because yeah. I'm having fun with whatever time I get with games. Um, so yeah, what, what were you gonna say? I was gonna ask about Age of Empires because I have something. I have so tell me about Age of Empires. It's a civilization like game. Where you're building an empire yes. and conquering things? Um, yeah. So a Age of Empires, um, and I wanted to look up real quick uh which which came first, but um it's a it's a historical RTS. So it's real-time strategy, so that makes it different from um civilization and it's much more, I would say, like historically like rooted. Um you like it's kind of like a medieval era of course um and you can play through the campaign and it'll there's like these reenactments of these famous battles and you get kind of a history lesson and things like that or you can just play against the computer you can play against people online um but you have to like you know gather resources like gold and food and in order to make units uh, whether that be like villagers so you can build shit or like, you know, military units and things like that. Um, some people think that Age of Empires is more like difficult than Civilization, but I find the Civilization franchise, which I do enjoy, um, to be a little bit more like micromanagey. And I think in part that might be because of that that game is turn based. Um, whereas obviously with the RTS things are just constantly moving, but that's just my perception of things. Yeah. I, so I have always heard about civilization games and every time a new one comes out, there's a certain sector of the gaming community that loses their minds and is so excited. Yeah. And I was always like on the kind of my face pressed against the glass, like, oh man, it sounds so cool, but it was, they were PC games to start and I never right. really had a good PC game for a long time. PC game, PC to to run game, gaming PC to run games for a long time. Um, and then they came out with Civilization Revolution, which was made for consoles and um, more broad, popular platforms. And so it was a lot more accessible. So I was like, hey, I bought it on a whim. I saw it on clearance, on the clearance shelf at Target. It was It had only been out for like a month or two, and it was on clearance at Target for like I think like 12 bucks or something. And I was like, yo, hell, this is cool. And I loved that game so much that of course I went out and bought Civ five eventually. And mm -hmm. I tried that and I was like, Oh shit, that's kind of hard. And then <laughs> Civ six came out and I bought it for the switch. And I think I bought it for the PS four and I played okay. through the tutorial on the switch and it was bugged and I couldn't finish it. So I was like, oh. fuck that. So I played the, the tutorial on the, on the PS four, PS five actually, but, um, and I'm, I'm like, part of my problem is that 
and I'm that's what I'm curious about with Age of Empires. Like, are you able to start a session? Because I'm assuming these sessions are long, just like Civilization, right? Like hours. These campaigns are like hours long. I think it in my experience, the Age of Empires sessions are quicker or that oh. they can be quicker. But maybe I just suck at the game. I don't know. Depends on how you look at it. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, with with Civ civilization revolution um a short game was like four or five hours long the way that i play it anyways Mm -hmm. your average game is like eight to 15 hours something like that and from what i understand the mainline civ games are more so like 12 20 25 hours yes and so i was curious like do you have a hard time putting a putting aside a campaign or do you feel like you have to just go through an entire session and go through an entire campaign or can you like play through part of it, walk away for a week, come back and just remember where you're at? Because I can't do that. And that's one of the reasons I'm I can't. I would struggle with that as well. Um, like if I'm playing Age of Empires, I'm playing Age of Empires, you know, like I'm probably playing it for a couple weeks. And yeah, I, I would have a difficult I would have difficulty returning after like several weeks time or months and being like, oh, wait, what was I doing? here and i would probably just start the campaign over yeah or start the game over you know the the session or whatever yeah that that's how i was even with civilization revolution i played that game so much i basically got the platinum trophy i think there's just one achievement on the 360 that i was missing mm-hmm. um and even with a game like that that i played to death and i'm super familiar with if i walked away for a week and came back i would be like what was i doing like what what path was i trying to take was i doing a cultural victory Mm-hmm. like militarily who am i at war with like i don't like where is even everyone i can't see the whole map so i can't like i don't remember where, where everyone is like right um so i think that's why like i'll always probably have my face pressed against the glass unless they come out with an a good sequel to civilization revolution because the, the sequel they came out right. for mobile was not great um or not what i wanted um because I can I can blitz through a five hour session of Civilization Revolution and finish an entire campaign. Right. But otherwise that would have to be, like you said, my only game that I played while mm-hmm. I was playing it. So Yeah. Yeah. I I could definitely see there being um maybe like I I don't know, like like a sub market for like a quicker version. I would assume that like the bulk of the civ community and the age of empires community are probably the people that like this is their main game and they're like really into it and maybe they don't have the same kind of issue that we would have with that um but that would just be a guess on my part i looked it up real quick and civilization uh the franchise started in 91 and age of empires was 97 so But I do think it's interesting that those are the two that have like really stuck and persist today. Yeah. Yeah. I Now you mentioned that. I, I'm wondering about that habit of having just a single game. I think we've talked about mm-hmm. that before. That seems like a PC thing to me. Like PC gamers will have a game. And maybe I'm mm-hmm. I'm being unfair because of MMOs. Like MMOs used to be that thing. Like you only played World of Warcraft or something. Right. But I do think there are there are console gamers that do that too. I've talked. I think I've mentioned my sister before. Um, her and her boyfriend would just play Grand Theft Auto Five. 
like mm-hmm. almost every day for weeks, for months, you know what I mean? That was their only right. game. So Yeah, I I don't know if I'm just like <clears throat> greedy or discontent. I, I don't know that <laughs> I mean, out of necessity, if I had to do that, I could totally see it. But I think I've gotten so comfortable with like, oh, I have access to different things. And so um it's not that I'm always looking on the horizon for the next game because I can certainly sit and be very content with whatever it is that I'm currently playing, but I do usually have like a sense of like what's what's coming next, like what's what's you know down coming down. Um when I was uh, a teenager and I was playing on PC like just because of like not having money, I would focus on like a game for a very long time like what I did with um uh, Elder Scrolls Oblivion but I think if I had had the means I would have wanted more games and that I mean we talked about Game Pass and how that solves that for a lot of people like you know oh, yeah. like you said you don't have a lot of money and I can imagine being 16 and having Game Pass now and you never have to worry about that you always have yeah. something to play like the fact that you and I think Paul said he's also going to play Forza Horizon 5 Mm-hmm. Because it's there, you know what I mean. Like, why not? <laughs> yeah, I haven't activated my Game Pass yet. I have the free trial, but I oh. could, I could too. I could activate it and play Forza Horizon Five and not have to theoretically pay anything like that. Yeah, is amazing. Tell me about that though. Like, how has that game been so far? Yeah, so I've probably only played it for like I don't know somewhere between three and five hours. Um, we had played the previous one and we both were excited, I think, and we had wanted to like it, but ultimately we felt, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, that like the controls were a key factor in our discontent with the game. Like the, the steering always felt like too loose or too sloppy or something. Um, so even though that game was beautiful, we kind of fell off pretty quick. Yeah, I remember, like you said, part of it was it looked like such a beautiful game, and we were also just desperate to have something to play on our Xbox Ones. Um, <laughs> and so we both yeah. got it, and we did like that idea of like this open world game that we can like race together and just drive around. Um, but it it has a very specific type of controls that I mean. Mm-hmm. For some people, that's their jam. That's exactly what they're oh, looking yeah. for in racing games. I want something a little and and there are. I know that there are two different uh, Forza games. There's Forza Horizon and Forza. Is it Motorsport? I think it's Motorsport. That that might be right. And one of them is the more arcadey one, but I I think it's the other one. But I heard that this one was supposed to be more arcadey, um, and it wasn't. And I think that's the thing is like, especially with those really fast cars, you feel like you're driving on a sled. Because you yes. can't turn very quickly. And it's like, hey, again, if that's your thing, if that's the kind of driving and racing you want to do, I'm not here to judge. I'm not trying to say that that's a bad thing. It's just not my thing. I want to be able to hit a handbrake and do a movie style, you know, almost 90 degree turn <laughs> and like slide into a turn like that. And that game just doesn't really afford me that opportunity. I have to worry about like spinning out all the time and stuff. and. Mm-hmm. So I want sticky tires. I want tires that let me um, make relatively impossibly sharp turns at high speeds and stuff. Um, like the Need for Speed games were kind of like that. Grand Theft Auto definitely has controls that are like that. Um, 
and that's that's more what I'm looking for. So I probably will okay. check it out once I do activate my Game Pass, but it'll probably be like you said for the visuals. But didn't you were saying something in our conversation separately just about like the Mexico setting, weren't you? Like how is that? Uh, that it's just absolutely gorgeous. I yeah. mean, there's different like uh I don't know if I'd call them regions, but it's it's just it's very beautiful. Um I it, it's it's very nice to just drive around and see different things and just kind of explore. I mean, basically, if you can see it, you can go there. Uh, and I have spent some time tweaking the controls and I'm still working on like what feels right. So I can't say like, oh, the driving in this one is markedly different from the previous. No, but I do feel like there are more options for you to like make adjustments. So yeah currently with where i have the settings it does feel better but it's still not what i would want it to be but i'm also probably not like in the primary group of people that this game is marketed towards i'm not usually a big fan of like racing or like car games but it's just so pretty <laughs> that i want to spend time in this in this space okay so you're playing forza you're playing back for blood you're playing phasmophobia still maybe if you like you said mm -hmm. I, i'm still down to play so oh, hopefully yeah. we can play again soon um you're playing what did i miss age of empires, age of empires. did uh -huh. i miss anything else is that it mm, i think it's about it yeah but you also just bought call of duty right yeah <laughs> so what what are you gonna play that are you holding off on i that? am <laughs> i am it was like forza and call of duty around the same time and i was like oh shit but i only had to pay for one so <laughs> That's, so it's like half um, off it's like a sale it's like half off there you go <laughs> uh we'll tell us a tears later <laughs> um yes i so i'm not usually a big like call of duty fan but i'm curious about this one and I had heard good things about the campaign. So I was like, well, at the very least, I want to play through the campaign, see what that's like. I'm probably not going to touch online unless other people want to play. But, you know, I like shooters. And so I thought, well, if the campaign for this one's pretty solid, then I'll check it out. Yeah, I you asked if I was going to check it out. And I was like, oh, like I hadn't even thought about it because Call of Duty has come out so regularly. I can't really keep up with them. I think that's one of those games that for a lot of people, that's their main game. Like that's the only game oh, yeah. they play. Um, and I've always liked them. I haven't played all of them, but up to a certain point, I had played all of them. But like, I, I, I love their controls. The graphics are always stunning. Mm -hmm. Their campaigns used to be really good. And then they were like, oh, that's money we have to spend. And they tried to get rid of them. And people were like, get the fuck out of here. We want the campaign. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's one of those things where it's like, I'll, I'll probably pick it up eventually. I do still have a couple of entries to catch up on, but same. it looks cool. It definitely looks mm -hmm. cool. So what are you excited for then? So that one you're going to play in terms of like, we have a couple more months left in the year. You're <sighs> going to play Jurassic World Evolution 2. You're excited for that. Yes. What else is coming out? <laughs> I've been so caught up in like the options that are immediately in front of me that I'm not even sure like what else what else are we waiting on? Yeah, we're gonna so obviously Halo, right? That's the but, only thing. Yeah. That's like the yeah. we're, next month we're gonna do like a retrospective. We're gonna look back at the year, we're gonna do our games of the year, all that stuff. It's gonna be a mm -hmm. big fun episode. Um but when I think about because we haven't looked into like the release schedule. Off the top of my head, that's all I can think of is Halo. <laughs> like that. 
I I want to say there was another game that came out that same week because people were talking about like, oh, it's going head to head with oh. with Halo, but now I can't remember. Or if maybe, wow, yeah, I don't know that. But that that is that's the one that I'm excited for as well. Because because uh, so much got delayed. Yeah, that there were things like Dying Light, but now do we even have a release date for that? I think we do. I don't remember what it is though. Okay, I'm looking at my list real quick, but obviously I have not updated it in a while. Yeah. So I don't really see anything other than Halo, which is obviously, well, I say obviously, that should be a big release. That should be something that's really exciting. Uh, and I am looking forward to it. When? What is the exact date for that? Do you know? November or December 7th, I think. Okay. I'm not positive. I, I have, to, I have I to double check on that. Hope I can hold off until the semester ends to start that. <laughs> yeah, I am so curious. The hype is starting to build. I think they're they're they used the Halo anniversary month, which is November, to start mm-hmm. launching into that because I've been seeing tweets from Microsoft about it's the, it's the anniversary of Halo Two. It's the anniversary of Halo. Like November is when halo's released typically so they're using that as a way to like remember all those things you loved about halo guess what a new halo's coming out so <laughs> i'm seeing the hype start to build i'm seeing mostly positive stuff so i'm i'm definitely excited i'm curious to see what the response is going to be but mm-hmm. um but yeah like you said i mean at this point i'm like I, i'm almost done with metroid dread which by the way I'm loving. I love. I really. I played Super Metroid to get ready for it. Why am I talking? I feel like I'm talking weird to them. Super Metroid. I played some <laughs> Super Metroid to get ready for Metroid Dread, and it's very good. Now, um, I played Super Metroid um, like I think last month to get ready for it because I'd mm-hmm. never played that, and Metroid Dread was getting so much hype, and I was like, I maybe it's not gonna be my kind of game. I don't know. I love it. It's so beautiful, and it is challenging. Um, Because I know that was one of the things people were talking about, that it was a pretty hard game and it's a Nintendo game, so people aren't used to that. But Mm -hmm. it's so well designed that I feel like if you pay attention, if you trust the level design um, and just follow the on-screen, like if you're literate, you know, obviously in games and platforming games and stuff, then you read those signs, those subtle environmental signs and just trust the game. Which again kind of goes against like when I get a new power up. So it's a obviously it's a Metroidvania because it's a Metroid game. So you go into a space and there's all these blocked off areas that you can't get into until you get like a certain power up. And so mm-hmm. when you get a power up, you're like, oh, all those doors. And you have this urge to like, I want to go find all those doors and open them. But you're not really meant to do that yet. And so I had to get used to that in the beginning part of the game because I'm like, I want to go, what door? I passed these doors. I got to go. But no, if I look at the map, I can tell that the game wants me to go to this transport device and go to the next area because if I look at the path of least resistance from where I'm at, it's that. It's not going back because if I went back, I'd have to go through here and go around there and go there just to get to that door. And oftentimes it would be blocked off anyways. So that mm-hmm. made me realize that that's what they're trying to communicate to me is like, just trust us. You may be going to this new area that you've never been to. You don't know what's there. Seems very scary because you don't know what, um, you know, what. Because in the in the Super Metroid, what I was worried about was like 
that I would go to a new area and start exploring and then not be able to unlock anything because I don't have the right power up. And then I'd have to go back and I'd get lost and like, where was the platform and all that stuff. Um, but I've never had that issue with dread because again, I think they're so conscious of that and the, the level design is so hmm. tight. Um, but yeah, it's challenging, but like, like there's a, so there's these Emmys, right? So Metroid dread, you, you play Samus and there's these Emmy robots that will attack you. So there's Emmy zones and so they don't follow you everywhere. They're only in their zones. But when you're in their zones, if they detect you, they're like Mr. X. They will just come for you. And if they catch you, you have a brief moment where you can do a parry. So there will be a okay. little flash. And if you hit that perfectly, you kick them in the face and you can slide under their legs and run away. It's super hard to hit. But when you hit it, it's like one of the best feelings in gaming that I can remember recently. It's so satisfying because those things are very scary and they're chasing after you and you're like, oh, fucking insta kill if they get you. So when they get you, you're like, oh, you, you motherfucker. And then if it does the flash, you hit it. I hit it. I'm getting better at it. I would say now I hit it maybe like 20 to 30% of the time. When I first started playing, it was like 5% of the time I would hit it. But when you hit it and you kick him in the face, you're like, fuck yeah like it feels so good <laughs> but um but i'm playing that i'm gonna finish it up and then i'm gonna play jurassic world evolution 2 and that is where i'm like man how deep am i going to get into that because if i'm deep into that and halo comes out what then you know like what do i am i gonna give up give up on that i don't think i'm gonna want to and that's the weird thing about this whole conversation that we're talking about is like i'll get really excited for something Mm-hmm. I can't wait for that, like Jurassic World Evolution 2. Oh, man, it's been thinking about that for months. Right, Pre-ordered right. it right away. And then it comes out and I'm like, oh, I'll play it next week because I'm still playing this other game. You know what I mean? It's weird. <laughs> yeah. So it sounds like you are more, uh, you're more, or you, you have the tendency to like, nope, I can't start this thing until I'm absolutely done with what I'm currently doing. Yeah. Whereas I can sometimes be swayed to like, oh, I could juggle two, maybe three things at once, which is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but it depends on the games because I'm juggling things that I'm not deeply invested in. But it, like, again, if I was playing Fallout 4 and I was super into it, I would ignore everything else. Well, part of it for me is that I, I don't like giving up on stuff. And I've in the past, I've had that experience of I'm going to put this game aside for now. I'll come back to it. And right. then either I just don't or because there's always new games coming out or I try. And the first Nino Kuni game is a great example of that. I probably put like 15 to 20 hours into that. It's a beautiful, charming RPG. It, uses, it has like Studio Ghibli style. I think they worked with Studio Ghibli. Um, and it's a, it's a great, it's a really, it it just came out on switch not too long ago. Um, the, a version of it and it's, it's beautiful, but something came out and I was like, I'm going to, I'll just put it aside for a little bit. It won't take me that long to beat this other game. And then I tried to go back to it like six months later and I was like, I don't remember this combat system at all. And I have no idea what happened in the story. I completely forgot that. So I've learned my lesson and that was just one of many examples. And so like now I know that I can't do that because it like then that's a thorn that won't leave my brain until I beat Nino Kuni, which I bought the sequel. I bought Nino Kuni too because I was like, I'm going to go back and play the first game until I do that. That's going to be a thorn in my brain being like, you never finished that. You gave up on it, you know? 
And so then it feels like wasted time. Like, why did I even spend that 15 to 20 hours on that game if I wasn't going to finish it? Yeah. I feel like this is all parallel for my dissertation because (laughs) (laughs) I'm, I just had a, a meeting with my, my director and, and we talked a little bit about like the the possibility of giving up on it, and I'm like, no, I can't give up on stuff. You know, it would, I'm too fucking stubborn. I don't. It would be a complete right. waste of time of all this fucking effort to just walk away from mm-hmm. something like that. But yeah, I I haven't had as many experiences of like, oh, I put in fifteen twenty hours and then like I stepped away for whatever reason, and then like, oh, I never returned to it. Usually, I have a sense earlier than that of like you know i was excited about this because of x it's not really hitting me and then i let it go um but yeah i don't know i think as time has gone on i've gotten a bit more selective with my purchases um i i don't take a lot of chances on games that if i'm not already familiar with the franchise or whatever uh the the like the big game that I took a chance on this year was Returnal and I would have loved that game I just couldn't get over I I just I wasn't fucking good enough <laughs> and I was only willing to put in so much effort to try to like improve um but that's really like the only one this year where I was like mm, you know I'm not going to finish I'm done yeah I, but I don't I, feel guilt over that because I did try yeah I wish I don't know I don't think Returnal's on uh, on PlayStation Now, but that's I, I do sometimes because PlayStation has PlayStation Now, which was their is their sort of equivalent of the Game Pass, but mm-hmm. it's not quite as like the the purpose of it is different. It's just to have a, a streaming platform for people that want to just stream their games instead of buying copies, but with Game Pass, Microsoft is being more aggressive with it, so they're doing like day and date releases like this new game you can play day one game pass that kind of thing right um and i wish returnal was on ps now i don't think it is um because i i Mm. would want to try that because we talked about it before there's there was a lot of discourse about the difficulty of the game and the accessibility of it and stuff and i'm just curious about how it's gonna play into the game of the year discussions because it seems to me like that's the kind of game that often ends up at the top of game of the year lists, even if most of the people who are in the room haven't played it or didn't mm. beat it. And it's always a little surprising to me. Um, so I'm curious about how that's that's going to play out. But uh, It's such a shame because I think if it weren't for the difficulty, I would be in love with that game. It's atmospherically the like the environment amazing the sound design the the feel of the weapons incredible yeah I just fucking suck (laughs) (laughs) but see I but I I think that's where we have a slight disagreement is like I know I I I think the game is too hard and I think you're like nah you don't you're hesitant to blame the game I think that the game was intentionally designed, though, to be, like, incredibly fucking difficult, and that's what I find frustrating. Like, at this point, add in add in a little noob level for me <laughs> so that I could do all the same things mechanically, but it wasn't at this, this level, which I think is too high. Right. But I just, I don't know that I disagree with you. I just think that this it's all intentional, and I don't like that. 
Right, and I think I I'm willing to say that that's a flaw of the game personally, like a pretty big flaw. Would would the game be worse if it had it's f- the ability to play it on an easier difficulty? I, I think I think it's just the way that you phrase it that I have difficulty with. I don't know that's a flaw of the game. I think it's a flaw of the intention of the game. If that makes like the game itself isn't there's not like a major bug or anything like that, right? Like game functions as it was designed to, and the developers were like, nope, it's going to be this hardcore kind of, uh, what's the the genre of game called? I'm blanking. Um, Um, It's a a roguelike, yeah. Yeah. So I guess all of those games are, if we want to use the word flawed, then they're flawed, but it's all intentional. Yeah, I I can definitely see that, but I think that's p- part of like if you can't access something, mm-hmm. to me that makes it flawed. Um, now yeah. now like you said, I I totally understand for for the person that can access that thing, oh, it yeah. can be wonderful. It can be a ten out of ten. I think that's where the subjective part of it comes in. Is like for you, I mean, the game was meant for you. The the puzzle. If we're talking about like a puzzle, if yeah. someone made a puzzle box. And that puzzle box was uncompletable, you know, incom- how do you say it? Uh, if, if 80% of people couldn't finish that, the puzzle box itself is, you can finish it, right? It's possible to finish right. it for 20% of people. Um, but if you're if you're assessing it as one of the 80%, I think it's fair to say that it's yeah. quote unquote too hard. And that was where, because we talked about like a game being too easy and being criticized for it. Like Super mm-hmm. Princess Peach was criticized for being too easy. And if a new Mario Brothers, a new Mario came out, because Mario games, they've always been really conscious of that, of making it really accessible, but having really hardcore stuff. Same thing with the Zelda games. Like Nintendo Mm -hmm. knows what they're doing. They make games that that a a seven-year-old can play, but someone who's much older and more experienced can also get a lot out of because there's very difficult components to it. And when you're like, let's, I don't care about the seven-year-olds. I want to make a game that's only for people who are really hardcore yeah. and have the time and the skill to put into it. Hardcore I think, in quotes. Exactly. Yeah. Quote unquote hardcore. Um, but I think, I think that's just as much open to criticism as if you made, because if the next, my point was going to be, if you made the next Mario game and it was super easy, people would be so angry and be like, this is a bad Mario game. Like it's too easy. Right. Like, Where's the challenge? Where's the... Or was all those levels that you gave us before that were like, you know, really something that we had to bang our head against and really figure out? Um, or if you made a puzzle game that was really easy, I think people would have that same complaint. And so that's what difficulty levels are for is you offer difficulty mm-hmm. levels for the people who are really fucking good and have the time and people who just don't have the time. And so to make your game inaccessible to all those people is like, that's where I, that's where my problem is. I don't think yeah. I haven't played it. I'm not trying to criticize the game. I was very excited for it. It looked beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. It was one of the E3 games that I was like, that's on my radar now. Like, that looks like an incredible game. I love the premise. But that's why it's so disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was so excited. Because and then that was one of the first PS5 games. Right. And I think a lot of people bought it because they were like, well, shit, this is like, was it the first? I can't remember now. Yeah, I don't remember. But, but it was one of the first PS5 exclusive, exclusive games. Yeah. That's exciting. People bought that up. And then mm-hmm. there were people like me who were really disappointed because like, oh, this game isn't meant for me. It's meant for the quote unquote hardcore. Right. Yeah. 
And of course, there there's no sympathy from that crowd. Mm-hmm. Just get good. Okay. All right. Yeah. Just suck my dick. That's what you can yeah. do. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of hard. No, I'm just kidding. That's okay. Oh, my God. We're done. We're done. <laughs> yeah, we're done. Cut off the air. <laughs> um. But yeah, I, I am looking forward to Jurassic World Evolution 2. I'm hoping to finish Metroid Dread this week, maybe in the next few days. So maybe I'll have okay. more to report on next week. When do you think you'll get around to it? I, <laughs> I don't know, dude. I got three games on the docket. Wow. Um, uh, so part of me is like, ooh, I should play it now. And then the other part of me, Joey, is like, oh, that's a perfect winter break game. Chill-ish. Yeah, I can see that. You know, relaxing on the couch, covered in blankets. Like, that sounds amazing. <laughs> also, we we mentioned Halo and we talked about pre-ordering. Let's talk about that since we're just kind of casually chatting about yeah. games in general. Um, you pre-order games, right? Yes. How dare you? No, um, I... <laughs> I'm going to be judged. Well. <laughs> no, our friend Amy at one point... Um, I think said that she felt judged because they, you know, her and Russell would pre-order games from GameStop. And I did yeah. think I made some comment earlier in our friendship <laughs> about like ah, GameStop and the pre-orders and stuff like that, because <laughs> I don't like GameStop's pre-order system because it's very, right. um, I don't even know what I would want to call it. It's, it's, it's kind of a shitty system because from what they used to do, maybe they've changed. I don't know. Um, but what they used to do for years was if a brand new game was coming out, they would only order enough copies to fulfill the pre-orders and a little bit more to mm-hmm. give the sense of of you have well you have to pre-order then you have to give us that five dollars or maybe the full price if you want. But also you're special if you get one. Right. And and my problem with that is that like I think if I remember correctly, the five dollars that you have to put down is non-refundable. So uh, you put $5 down and then they get to do whatever they want with that money. You know what I mean? That's their money now. Right. They can invest that. They can, you know, and so I didn't necessarily like that, but I do. But then the weird thing is then like, why do I pre-order? Why am I pre- Why did I pre-order Halo? I don't need to pre-order that. There's going to be plenty of copies, right? Right. Why do, why do we do it? Why do we do it? <laughs> well, I mean... I think sometimes there's the excitement of like, oh, I want the thing, so I'm going to pre-order it. And then I also think that if they're offering like, oh, you get an extra mission or you get this special outfit. Like sometimes that does tempt me because I love outfits and shit <laughs> in my video games. Um, but I I mostly do digital pre-orders. Yeah. And sometimes you get, you know, stuff for that. Sometimes I, I like the, uh, it, maybe this is dumb, but it's this weird like mental thing in my brain. I like the security of knowing that if I want to play that game at midnight at release, it's downloaded, it's ready to go. We have been playing a lot of Back for Blood and Ron hasn't mm-hmm. had as much time this week. So we played a few times without him. I think I played with Paul just us and then you and I played I think and then I think all three mm-hmm. of us played without Ron and so we're doing all this grinding and working really hard to get all these supply points and we're like the the unlock system in that game is so it's just very impenetrable you have to do a lot to unlock some things yes. for your character specifically and so we finally I'm like so excited I got a pair of new glasses oh well, I got a new shirt and then 
Ron signs on for the first time in like a week and we're like, oh, hey, Ron. And he's got this like special emblem and his special outfit. And me and Paul are like, oh, hey, that's where did you get that? And he's like, oh, I did the pre-order thing where you get like the special version of it or something. And it's pre-order only. And we're like, son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because now we're Uh, like, we want to just pay money for cosmetics. We're like, let us buy an outfit for our character. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like you said, I think it can be, there can be incentives. I just think about something like with Jurassic World Evolution too. I didn't get anything for it, but I was so, I was so, I wanted that pre-order as soon as it went up. I was like, I gotta get it. Yeah. And like, well, I, oh, I was just going to say, and sometimes for me, I pre-order now because I have the money now and yeah. I'm like, oh, six months from now, I don't know. <laughs> I'm yeah, I'm the same way. Like I feel like you said, there's a sense of security. I know it is, it's not going to sell out. Jurassic World Evolution is a pretty niche series, I would say. Um, mm-hmm. It has mass appeal because of the Jurassic Park thing, but it's not going to be flying off shelves, you know? And so right. there was no danger that I wasn't going to get a copy, but there was some sense of, like you said, of like, oh, okay, well, it's in the bag. Like, it doesn't matter how much money I have later because right. as the semester goes on, my you know finances get harder and harder. Um no, it's there. I already have the pre-order. It'll be delivered to my house day one. Mm-hmm. And and also I think especially when like early in the year, because I like obviously I'm a college student. I live off of financial aid and everything. So there's like a, a period in the spring and a period in the fall where I have like money to spend. And so like in the fall, in the spring, I'll pre-order games for the fall. And it's mm-hmm. nice to look at that list and be like, ah here are the games like the big games and i might buy games later of course but like right here's my it's list something of to look forward games. to yeah like, it gives you the happy feelings yeah for sure and like you said they, there's almost always some kind of bonus even if it's a little you know small little cosmetic thing so. sometimes when you pre-order you get shit early too so you know yeah very much so yeah um a lot of times you don't end up paying right away though which is you know i, I sometimes i want them to just take the money out yeah. Here I am criticizing GameStop for taking the five dollars, and then I'm like, <laughs> You're like, "Take my money, please now. take my money." <laughs> um, but part of that is again, they would. I think the I think the five dollars was non-refundable. So, yeah, and the fact that they would again, they would if they had sixty pre-orders, they would only order sixty-five copies of the game. So then someone would come in and be like, "Can I have this?" And they'd be like, "Sorry, we sold out. Why didn't you pre-order?" I that ha- I had that happen to me multiple <laughs> times. Again, long time ago, sure, years ago. Right. But it was so annoying to come in and be like, oh, this game just came out. Of course, GameStop will have it. And they'd be like, sorry, why didn't you pre-order? You should pre-order next time. And I was like, mm. but um, but yeah. All right. Well, I feel like we kind of talked talked through a lot of stuff. Any any other? Yeah, that was nice. Any other things you want to chat about? Um, I don't I don't think so. It was nice just kind of like talking about games without having like a, a firm agenda and just kind of seeing where things went. Um, Yeah. Yeah, it felt more more casual, like when we were both at NIU and we would just like we would go maybe to Culver's or whatever, and then we just talk. So I enjoyed it. Yeah, we should t- we should have an episode where we just reminisce about doing lesson planning in Minecraft because we designed oh. our course and we used Minecraft as our central text and we installed it on um, the lab computers at the school. We got permission. And we yep. would like test them and we sat there and we made stuff in the lab. It was, it was fun. So maybe we'll have yeah. a, a session where we reminisce about that. But um, all right. Well, thank you for joining us, everyone. 
as I said, next week Ron's going to be back talking about Grand Theft Auto. We don't, we're not sure what our main course is yet. This part of the semester and the year is just so busy. So, um, yeah. but we're we're looking to get a calendar together. We're going to have an end of the year. Um, probably have a couple extravaganza. Yeah, it'll probably be. A, it's going to be after the semester's over, so that we all have time. Because I don't want it to be like. Uh, got to squeeze everything in because we want to look back at the year talk about some of the big releases some of our favorite games um we're not sure if we're going to do like a pretty pixels official top 10 or anything like that (laughs) but we want to talk about our favorite games of the year at the very least um Mm -hmm. and then what we're excited for in the new year so look forward to that uh you can email us at pretty pixels pod oh wait a minute hold on you know what i forgot to do what you know you are you want to hear a podcast review a podcast we have a review are you ready for this oh god okay oh god. is it from one of our friends this is it is not oh um okay i love this podcast probably too much i forced all of my roommates to listen to it and now they're hooked too the only <laughs> thing is i wish there were more the editing is so well done and the stories are always so chilling this is a podcast review for uh Radio rental. It's not our podcast, but you could leave us a podcast review. <laughs> I'm going to start doing that. I'm just going to read. <laughs> I'm just going to read other reviews. What? And I'm like, hey, want to hear a new podcast review? I'm not lying. It's a new podcast review. <laughs> oh, you got five me. out of five. You stars. fucking got me. <laughs> <laughs> you can leave us a podcast review if you want. That would be wonderful. You can. We Please. run all platforms. Apple, uh, obviously, iTunes would be, or uh, the podcast platform. What the fuck is it called? Is it iTunes? I think it is just iTunes. But um, leave us a review. Send us an email, prettypixelspodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter. I'm at Lost for Man, tabs at Random Mocks. And we will see you again. Bye. Bye.